0: people who are talking about the 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 Play my guy. Problem. You don't know why you trouble. You better come and let make kind of music.
1: Sitting here trying to get this one thing right. So, I don't so know what I'll try to
0: do.
1: Let it rock.
2: driving champion, Rick Mears. When it comes to using seatbelts, many people like to play fact or fantasy. They may know that car crashes are the leading cause of head injuries in the U.S., yet they simply imagine getting thrown clear of an accident. Or maybe they'll discover that nearly 50,000 people will die in accidents this year alone. Yet, think to themselves, good drivers don't get in accidents. Who are they kidding? The Society of Automotive Engineers doesn't want you to die ignoring the facts. Buckle up.
3: Adventures in Time and Space, told in future tense. Time is an interesting phenomenon. A ticking clock Running sands of an hourglass. All these have captured the imagination of men. But time is more. It exists now, and then, and in the future. Suppose we are in the year 1950. Coexistent in time may be worlds we have never seen, the worlds of the past and of the future. The year was 1950. It was a spring night in Mexico, fiesta time. The fireworks shot up into the clear, dark sky, and a paper mache bull ran about the plaza chasing boys and laughing men. Mr. and Mrs. William Travis stood on the edge of the yelling crowd, smiling.
4: What is it, Bill? What are they saying?
3: They're cheering for the bull.
4: Here
5: he comes. Uh <laughs> He's good, isn't he? I wonder
4: how they rigged up the fire. Crew. Oh, Phil, it's wonderful. <laughs> I've never enjoyed myself so much in my life. It's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> well, they brought the bull.
5: Ah, Sue, don't worry. I've enough traveler's checks for a lifetime. Relax. But suppose they find us? Forget it They haven't a chance.
4: But suppose they do. Suppose they take us back. They'll
5: never find us now. Relax. Enjoy yourselves.
4: Oh, if it only lasts.
5: Come on, darling. Let's get out of the crowd. I think you'll need a drink.
4: All right. Let's try something different this time. I want to try every drink there is in the world.
5: Well, don't worry, darling. There's no rush. We've plenty of time now. (laughs) Uh, oh, there's a table over there. Come on. Bill. Hmm?
3: No. what's the matter?
4: Don't, don't look right away, but over your left shoulder, right by the end of the bar, that man.
3: What is it? I saw him this morning in the plaza. Well, darling, take it easy. The town is full of tourists. But he was at Juarez and
4: Tasco. Bill, I'm afraid. Well, now, don't stare at him. Come on. I know it's the same man. He was wearing the same white suit. Sit down, Sue.
5: Come on, dear, smile. Act natural. Mm.
4: Bill, he's been following us. He's a searcher. I know he is. Quiet. Oh, uh, boy. Here, boy. Eh,
5: si, senor. Si.
4: Uh, Benedictine and brandy. Two. Two. Eh,
5: si. Si, senor. He's watching us, Bill. Oh, you quit worrying, darling? The chances are one in a thousand that they found us. Probably it's just a coincidence.
4: I... I want to lie down. I, I think I'm going to be sick.
5: Susan, hang on, will you? If he is looking for us, we can't run out. What's he doing now?
4: He stopped our waiter. He's asking him something. He
5: may just want a drink.
4: Bill, I can't stand it. I've got to go upstairs and lie down.
5: All right, all right. As soon as we finish our drinks. What's he doing now?
4: Wait. Well, he, he's nodding at me. Oh? As if he knows me. And he's smiling. Bill, he's coming over here. Well, now watch yourself. We've got to go
5: right on in front of him. So if he is what we think he is, he won't suspect... I couldn't. We've got to. Now, come on. So I said to Dave, I said, Dave, that's ridiculous. You know that the thing is that is never going to take... <laughs> Kristen. What? You did not pull out your pants oh. leg when you sat down. Oh, well, I'm afraid you have the wrong person. My name isn't Chrisler. 10. No, well, I'm William Travis. I don't see what my pants leg has got to do with it. Mind if I sit down? Well, we well yes, I... Everyone nowadays pulls up his pants leg when he sits down. Like this. Keeps the trousers from bagging at the knees. <laughs> but, of course, if you're not used to this style of clothing... Now, see here, we don't know you, we don't... Don't? I'm sorry. I thought I knew you. Look, this is our table. If you don't uh, mind... You see, I'm looking for two friends of mine. A man and his wife, very much like you. The man is an atomic scientist. The wife, a bacteriologist. Very important people. They work on government business. Just what are you talking about? When I find my friends, I'm going to take them home with me. Look here, Mr. Sims. Uh, Sims. That will do for now. All right, Sims. I understand that you thought you knew us. But you can see you're mistaken. Now, if you'll excuse us, my wife and I were just going up to our room. We have to make an early start in the morning. Going for a trip. Up uh, Acapulco, perhaps? Love, never mind where we're going. Yes, yes, of course. You don't like crowds, tourists. I'd probably like to get off the beaten path. You know, I've got a vacation folder here that might
4: interest you. Please, Bill, let's go. Wait, Sue.
5: It's put out by an outfit that calls itself Travel in Time, Incorporated.
4: Travel in Time?
5: Yes, they've come up with a rather intriguing idea. Would you like to actually witness the burning of Rome? Sail with Columbus in 1492 on his voyage of discovery to America? Meet Cleopatra? Then why not take your vacation in time as well as in place? Uh, but, uh, perhaps you've seen this leaflet before. Of course not. Then you'll be interested in hearing the rest. Travel in Time Incorporated can cost you. you, put you in the crowd at any place and time in history. Lord, we I- guarantee to teach you any language you need to move freely in any year without risk of detection. This summer, why not escape from the worries of our modern world? Take your vacation in time. Oh, that's impossible, of course. Ah, but think what it would mean. A chance to escape all the tensions of an unpleasant life. War. Insecurity. Fear. Sins. I suppose you were a scientist working on a dangerous bomb project. Oh, you, uh, Mrs. Travis. Suppose you were a bacteriologist working on disease cultures. And you had a chance to escape all that. To take a vacation 200 years in the past. (laughs) Would be wonderful, wouldn't it? Escape to a more peaceful world? A trip back to, uh, 1950? 1950? But you said a vacation in the past. So I did. But you see, 1950 is the past if you come from the year 2155.
4: 2155?
5: Mm hmm. Terrible times. Most unpleasant. The war raging, an atomic bacteriological war. Aye, I- terrible times. With none of the little comforts we enjoy today, like this fine Havana cigar.
4: Bill, I want to go upstairs. I want to lie down. If
5: you were living then, think of how wonderful it would be to take a vacation in time back to now. Oh, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. Suppose a young couple like yourselves took a trip to 1950 and didn't want to come back. You know what would happen? The government sends a searcher back to look for them. This is all fantastic nonsense. A searcher finds them and brings them back. Well, do you think I'll find my two friends, Mr. Travis? Well, please
4: take me upstairs. I don't feel well. Oh,
5: is the lady feeling a bit sick? Oh, unfortunately. Here are the drink, senor. Well, shall we drink a toast? To 21.55. To the future. Quick.
4: Bill, what are you doing?
5: Like shoving a chair under the doorknob.
4: He knows. He has been following us. Bill, he's a searcher. So you
5: keep quiet, Sue. I want to think.
4: They'll take us back.
5: That isn't over yet. Oh, I've got a headache.
4: Uh, I'll get you an aspirin. What will they do to us?
5: I don't know what they'll do to us. Something slipped. Something must have slipped. But we were so careful. Well, the searchers are trained to watch for detail. Things like not pulling up my trousers. That started him thinking. There is a man who isn't used to ancient clothes. I could kill myself for giving it away.
4: No. It was my walk. These hot oh, heels. careful Mark. Here. Thank you. Bill, I won't go back. I won't go on filling tubes with typhoid and bubonic plague.
5: Now, take it easy,
4: sir. There must be some way. We don't have to go back to 2155, do we?
5: The nerve of that Sim, sitting there looking us up and down like animals smoking those stinking cigars.
4: That's how I first noticed him at Tasco. He had four bottles of liqueurs and a pile of chocolate. Yes,
5: well, he still hasn't gotten over that first greedy hunger. We've got to look out for that suit. It's the sure sign of somebody from the future trying to make up for a lifetime of shortages by stuffing themselves sick. Remember our first night?
4: Bill, I can't stand it. We've got to get out of here what are you doing? Packing. Getting the suitcases out. That's no use. Well, so... What do you mean? We can get to Acapulca by morning.
5: Don't you think he's watching us?
4: We could get away.
5: No, no, we've got to sit tight. We've got to wait right here for a break. I don't know what, but something has got to break.
4: <laughs> darling, <laughs> darling, I'm afraid. Oh, no, no, no,
5: maybe he isn't sure of us yet. Maybe we can still figure out some way to escape. Come on now, we better try to get some sleep.
3: Security, please. The bomb. The bomb. It's falling. It's falling.
5: Sue, Sue, what's the matter? Sue. No, Sue. Sue, 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 wake up, darling. Sue, wake up. Where are we? Sure. All right, all right. Now calm down, honey. You were dreaming. Now it's all right.
6: Bill,
4: where are we?
5: Now now, we're still in 1950. Um, It's all right.
3: You must have had a nightmare.
4: it was. It was awful, Bill. Bill, there was an explosion, a terrible explosion, and my hand burned and wrinkled, and the buildings broke. Oh, Bill. Bill, we won't go back there, will we? Ever? No, no, no,
5: no. Go to sleep, honey. It's all right. We're in Mexico, 1950, and we're going to stay here.
4: Oh, Bill.
5: Sue. I've been lying awake here thinking... It may be that he's still testing us. That he's not absolutely certain. That may be why he hasn't moved.
4: Well, maybe, maybe he's just playing with us. Yes,
5: maybe. I wouldn't put that past him, either. He's got all the time in the world. He can stay here as long as he likes, then bring us back to the future 60 seconds after we left it.
4: They can't make a scene, can they? They don't dare come out in the open.
5: No, no, no. That might change the future. They're afraid of that. Oh, Bill
4: could only tell somebody, ask for help.
5: Now, Sue, you know we can't. That's why we had to submit to the psychological block treatment before they okayed our vacation. (sighs) We couldn't tell if we tried. The block is too strong.
4: Maybe we can break it, Bill. And
5: what if we did? Who'd believe a crazy story like ours? Who would believe that we come from 2155? No, Sue, that would do no good. But this is important. They have to get us alone to put us in the time machine to send us back.
4: Well, then then that's it. We'll never be alone. (laughs) Listen, it's still fiesta time. It'll be easy to stay in the
5: crowd. Yes, yes, that's our only chance. (laughs) We must not let him get us alone. He won't get us back to that war and that insane world. Bill. Could be the room clerk.
4: At three in the morning? I'd better answer it. No, don't. Don't, Bill, don't.
5: I've got to. Hello? Hello? Mr. Travis? What is the idea of this? It's three in the morning. Yes, yes. I just wanted to remind you, the rabbits may hide in the forest, but a fox can always find them.
4: What was it, Bill?
0: Bill?
5: No, never mind, darling. Come on. Let's get some sleep.
3: Why, we can
0: Ah, buenos
5: dias, señor, señor. Good morning, <laughs> señor Gomez. I you are spending pleasant days in my hotel? Uh-huh. Yes, the time is the best. Oh, it's,
4: it, it's been lovely. Your
5: special table is all ready for breakfast. <laughs> oh, fine.
4: Blazes in the
2: hotel!
5: What is all that racket? What is it? They
2: come with uh, four
5: trucks and innumerable automobiles. A motion picture company from Hollywood. Oh, what are they doing down here? They make pictures of our fiesta for the the uh, backgrounds. Oh yes. We have a very beautiful town. Beautiful. <laughs> yes, very beautiful. That, uh, that that fat man, the one with the most colorful shirt, he is the the chief, the uh, director. The manager, oh, yes. manager. Where's the manager of this adobe flea? Man? Coming, senor. Coming. You will excuse me. Oh, I hope the table is satisfactory. Yes. Coming, senor, coming! Sue, this is a break. That movie company will draw crowds, and that helps but us. But when can we leave, Bill? Not today. We'd be sure, then. It'd be easy to catch us above on the road. We'd better stay and try to lull okay, Sins. Okay, kids, end of the line. Ciao! Get it up, Buster. Lay out the pepper. I got an ounce. There's Sins, Bill. Where's the diamond can't do anything now. None of these actors coming in. Okay, follow me, kiddies. Hey, Glory, you sit next to Papa. Oh, hey, Max, make sure nobody monkeys with the trucks and the gear. Right, Shane? Do
7: we have to eat at this crummy joint, Joe?
5: Cheer up, sweetie. Your mere presence makes this chasings and the truck rolled into one.
7: Not this early in the morning, Joe. I couldn't stand <laughs> it. Okay. Everything uh, you want, that is,
5: is on the deal look, Susan, oh, oh, Maybe I could hire two of them. I could say it was a joke.
0: Oh,
4: why?
5: We could dress <laughs> them in our clothes, have them drive off in our car sometime when Sims couldn't see their faces. Oh,
4: where would that get us? Well,
5: with him off on their trail, we might make it to Mexico City. It'd take years to find us there.
4: Shh, Phil. That movie man's coming over here. Oh, excuse me.
5: You folks are Americans, aren't you? Yes, that's right. Boy, am I glad to see you. Yeah, I'm so sick of hearing Spanish, I could kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on over and eat with us, huh? Oh, well, I, I don't think we should intrude. Yeah. Come on, come on. Misery loves company. You're, I'm Misery, and that's the company. <laughs> We're from Hollywood. Yeah, so I understand. Yeah, yeah, and uh, boy, would I like to be there now. We're down here for some preliminary shots on some technical clam bacon over real turkey, stinkeroo. Oh,
4: that's too bad. But
5: we've got an expense account. Oh, that's a lovely thing. Uh-oh, I'm Joe Melton. I'm the unit director. Oh, well, I'm William Travis. This is my wife, Susan. Well, hi. Mutual. Oh, come over, kids. Join the party. Cheer us up. Only no tamales. I burned out three kidneys on tamales since I came over the border.
4: <laughs>
5: hey, hey, um, am I funny?
4: Oh, wonderful.
5: Oh, come on over.
4: Hey, Kenny. I got new blood here, brother.
5: Just a moment, Mr. Travis. I thought you might be breakfasting with me alone. Sorry. Oh, no. I got him first, Mac. You want to join us? Uh, No, no. I've already ordered. Mr. Travis, I think you'd better talk with me now. Hey, is this guy giving you trouble? It's all right. Well, you say the word. I'll have Max pitch him out on his ear. Oh, no, 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 no. It's all right. Uh, we'll be right over, Mr. Melton. Who Bill? We'll talk to Mr. Sims. Uh, Mr. Melton, uh, sort of keep an eye on us, huh? After all, you found us first. Yes, yeah, sure. Well, come on over soon, kids. Sit down, Mr. Travers. I hope you slept well. Did you? I'm not used to spring mattresses. But there are compensations. I stayed up half the night trying new cigarettes and foods. (laughs) A whole new spectrum of sensation.
4: (laughs) What are you talking about?
5: (laughs) Still acting, huh? But it's no use. You can't stay in crowds all the time. I'll get you alone soon enough. I'm immensely patient. Let's come to the point. It took me a month to trace you down and be sure of you. Now, if you come with me quietly, I might be able to get you off with no punishment. If you agree to go back to work on the bacteria bomb. We don't know what you're talking about. Stop it. Use your intelligence. You know we can't let you get away with this escape. Other people in the year 2155 might get the same idea and do the same. We need people. To fight your war. It's all right, Susan. We can talk on his terms now. He's got us. We can't escape. (sighs) At last. Really, you've both been incredibly romantic, running away from your responsibilities. Running away from horror? Nonsense. Only a war. Only? With half the world dead, the other half dying? Yes. But we can't have you escaping here while we drop off a cliff. Dying people love to know that others died with them. Hey, kids, bring it up. We're waiting on you. The longer you keep me waiting, the harder it will go on you. What do you mean? We need you on that bomb project. Return now and... no torture. Torture? Yes. You see, later we'll force you to work. And after you finish the bomb, we'll... uh, try a number of complicated new devices on you. As you say... You can't escape. We have all the time in the world here in 1950. Sims, I'll make a deal with you. I'll come back now if my wife stays here alive, safe, away from that war. No, Bill! Keep no. quiet, sir. Well, Sims, you need me for that bomb. You can duplicate her work. It exceeds my authority. But all right. Meet me in the plaza in ten minutes. I'll pick you up in the car. Good. We'll drive out into the country to some deserted spot, and I'll have the time travel machine pick us up. Bill, I won't let you. Don't argue, Sue. It's settled. Good. I'll meet you in the plaza in ten minutes. Your wife may stay as long as she wishes. All right, Sims, it's a deal. Don't try anything now, Travis. I know when I'm licked. We just want a few minutes to say goodbye. I'll be seeing you then.
4: Bill, I won't let you do it. I won't let you.
5: Please, Susan. i am
4: going to tell the truth.
5: I'm going to get help. You can't. The psychological block it's won't... It's our last
4: chance, Bill. Hey, hey, aren't you two
5: going to join us? I
4: thought Mr. You... Melton, I've got something to tell you, and you've got to believe me. Sue, so it won't work. I've got to try.
5: Go ahead, kids. Spill it.
4: You've got to understand. You see, we really uh, uh, Bill! Bill, my head! I, I can't think! But my Say, my you head! You need a my promo,
5: head. honey. It can't work, sooner. The block oh, is too strong. We'd better get the car. Hey, someone's head. crying. Now, Breakfast no time for people to cry. Now, what in the world could a good-looking kid like you find to cry about? <laughs>
4: I won't let you do it.
5: Now, don't make it harder, Susan. Oh, let me go
4: back with you. We'll get through some way. You
5: think I'm going to let you go back to that war? (laughs) Sue, please stop. We haven't got much time.
4: It was so wonderful here, Bill. Oh, Bill.
5: And there he is. (laughs) Smoking those cigars of his waiting for us.
4: Oh, there must be some way. Some way that we can both stay here
5: maybe there is. Bill! Bill,
4: what are you going to do?
5: Hang on, Sue, and duck when I tell you.
4: No! No, Bill, you're heading right for him. I'm not going to get either of us now. Down, Sue, down!
5: It's all right, darling. It's all over now. This is the mayor, dear. Senora, your husband has been officially clear in this most unfortunate affair. It is obvious this uh, senor seems died of an unavoidable accident.
4: An accident? Yes. Oh, yes, of course.
5: Uh, adios, senor. Senora. Adios.
4: Will they want to see you again?
5: No, 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 no. I'm clear. I lost control of the car. That's the way it stands. Oh, Sue, I hated to kill him.
4: I never wanted to do anything like that in my life. Where will we go now? Mexico City?
5: Well, the car's in the repair shop. It won't be ready
4: till 4, and then we'll get out of here. Hey there, Travis! Who's Wait that? up! It's the movie man, Bill. Oh. He was very good to me when they had you in there. Oh?
5: Hey, I heard what happened. They sprung you, huh? Great, great.
4: It it was an accident. It's
5: lucky you didn't get hurt yourselves. Everything okay now? Yes, yes, I think so. That's fine, but you both look a little rocky. Say, so you want to get your mind off your troubles? We're through for the day. Cloud's fouled up our shooting schedule, so we're going to put a header on it up at the hotel. Well,
4: I don't, I don't think we'd better. Well,
5: you've got to wait till your car's fixed, don't you? Oh, come on up. It'll do you good to relax. It'll get your mind off what's happened. Gloria's cracking the ice now. Well, maybe we will join you. I've got to go check up on the car, and then... Oh, don't miss the party, kiddies. I'll see you upstairs.
4: Bill, I, I don't think oh, we... Oh, come
5: on, honey. We've got the break now. Sims is dead. Before they can put another searcher on our trail, we'll have time to make a clean getaway.
4: Bill, I'm... I'm so tired. I
5: know, and what you need is a little excitement. We
4: raid a celebration, honey. <laughs> well, I... I guess it would be nice to
0: unwind.
5: Sure. We'll go up to Melton's room, have a couple of drinks and a few laps. Honey, it's all over. <laughs> we can relax. join you, Mr. Melton. Oh, great, great. Call me Joe. Hey, Gloria, yank another cork. We got company. Right
0: of you. Here you are, kids. <laughs> thank, thank, you. thank
5: you. You kids rate a drink. That was a pretty messy business, but it's all over now, huh? Yes, it's all over. Yes, well, it's time to unlax. Grab a glass, honey. Oh, thank you. Hey, hey, quiet, everybody. Quiet, quiet. Okay. How about a toast to our guests?
0: Oh, sure, <laughs> all right.
5: To a very beautiful lady, lovely enough for the movies.
8: <laughs> oh, oh why, right. thank you. No, I'm not
5: kidding. That's why I came over to you in the first place. I might even give you a test. Oh.
8: <laughs> no, I mean it, honey.
5: You're pretty nice. I, I could make you a movie star.
4: Oh, uh, and take me to uh, Hollywood?
5: Well, at least to, to get us out of Mexico. Oh, no, you're not serious. Sure I am. Uh, uh, Glory, how about a refill?
4: Coming up. Well, it sounds uh, wonderful, doesn't it, Bill? Uh,
5: yes. Uh, wow. Los Angeles is a pretty crowded city, isn't it? Crowded? Wait till you see the sunset bus.
4: Okay. You don't really think I could be an actress. You don't have to cheer me up anymore. I'm feeling wonderful now. No,
5: I'm serious. I think you'd be great. I want to do a suspense story. Sort of a war story, you know. Uh, Gloria, pour Mr. Travis another glass. Okay, Joe. Uh, a suspense story? Yes, dear, yes. A story about a man and a wife who live in a little house. Now, I'm just ad living this, you understand? Oh, yeah, sure. Go on. But there's a war, see? A terrible war, you see? They live in the year 2155. Now, here's the gimmick. They escape into the past. And they kill a man who follows them to bring them back. Uh, Gloria Honeypot, get Mr. Travis another glass. Well, sir, this couple takes refuge with a group of movie people. Safety in numbers, they figure. Yeah, yeah. Ah, but the story goes on. This couple is terribly important for a new project. Uh, Let's call it a bacteria bomb. So, the searchers figure out a way that they can get them alone. In a hotel room. Shove a chair under the doorknob, Max. Yes, sir. You see, the workers, searchers may work alone or in groups, so that if one of them's killed, the rest carry on. Don't you think that would make a wonderful picture, huh, Susan? Don't you, Bill? You're not gonna get us, Melton. Yes, no. Put that gun down, Travis. Hey, you're Who is it? The manager. Your right, on. Grab that gun, Max. Put it on, let go of hey, it. Now make things first, no. Mr. Travis. Yeah manager he heard us. Let's get going. Let go, of me, let go. He'll break down our door in a minute. Max, get ready to travel. Get that. Take a good look, Mister Travis. Take a good look at 1950. You won't be seeing it anymore. Throw the switch. All
2: right, Juan. Break down the door. Uh, where are they? I was at the door. I
5: heard them inside. are gone.
0: The windows.
2: No, the, the iron bars are undisturbed. What, what happened to them, Juan? They, they just disappeared, all of them. Nuestro padre chill. All right, Juan. Pray later.
5: Senor, I think you'd better send for the priest and holy water.
2: Later, later, Juan. Hey. They just
5: disappeared. Look here in the closet. See? Bottles, hundreds of bottles. Hey, Chaterons, cognac, absinthe tequila, Turkish cigarettes, and boxes of pure Havana cigars. These crazy Americanos. Why should anyone leave all this behind?
2: What? never question providence. There is enough here to last us both for a month. What? I think we can look
9: forward to a most happy future.
5: You have just heard another
9: adventure into the unknown world of the future. The world of...
5: Dimension
0: X. X, X.
3: now about next week. Suppose that you were a private detective and into your office walked a strange-looking client. Would you believe him if he told you that there was a Martian embassy hidden somewhere in New York where spies from the Martian planet were preparing for the invasion of Earth? We'll tell you about it next week.
5: Night's Adventure in Dimension X was the Ray Bradbury story to the future as adapted for radio by Ernest Canoy. John Larkin was heard as Bill and Jan Miner as Susan. Your narrator was Norman Rose. Music by Albert Berman, engineer Don Abbott. Dimension X is produced by Van Woodward and directed by Edward King. Tomorrow it's High Adventure. Now it's Truth or Consequences on NBC. Nothing
1: like Truth or Consequences. Anyway hey <laughs> uh, well just sitting here chilling g money and Woolstein in the middle of the Muni Radio FM third annual comedy festival and uh super fun uh i worked the uh boards and uh yeah i worked the boards all fucking night on friday or thir- thursday thursday yeah yeah La- launch night now <laughs> super fun I found out, like, I've always noticed I never had much of an ass, especially as a black guy. I don't have, like, you know, like a classical black ass. I just have, like, kind of just a regular ass. And my ass, man, does not like sitting, like, on regular chairs for that fucking long. That's what I found out. (laughs) This is a beautiful chair. I love sitting in this chair. In fact, this is, like, my favorite one here. But, oh, like, what was that? Five to eleven? So that's, like what the fuck is that seven hours no it's like six six hours i don't know why my ass in this in any chair i can't like i took a night off from coming down here just to you know be an audience member and shit to uh just to like, not sit and then i got here last night and i was sitting my ass off and my ass i just kept squishing and squirming in my chair it's like dude i was gonna stay till the 11 o'clock i was here from like six to nine dog good night <laughs> like, yeah Plus, I'm such a fucking slave to my little match three game that it's the worst. Goddamn Marvel Marvel marble puzzle quest. But here's a cool thing about Marvel Puzzle Quest is they have a show called the uh, the Puzzle Warriors, I believe. And um, the best part about it was like I followed their um, their links or whatever the fuck to. Um, to their other shows, and found one of my absolute favorite shows that I don't think that many people know about called uh, uh, the Profane Argument. That's really cool. Like um, it's sort of like a news political show type thing, but it's it started and continues to be about like atheism and shit. But it's it's really weird. It's like it's like news and shit like atheism news. But um, the I guess yeah it's four people they have such great chemistry that it's just I it's it's a must listen for me I cannot wait every I think it's uh, Wednesday that they come out it's either Tuesday or Wednesday but I think it's Wednesday like I'm just I'm I uh, I'm over the moon every time they come out in fact the last episode was so goddamn funny like <clears throat> I don't know if anybody knows about the Moonies but they're weird and I grew up with them <laughs> There's some 80s throwback shit. The goddamn Moonies. But, like, uh, Reverend Sun Young Moon would do, like, these mass weddings. It's like a cult. Like, it's no, you know, whatever. But, like, they're still big-ish. And they, <laughs> um, they have this thing now where um, they're really big on guns. Like, praying is God is gun type shit. And, like, their new pre, Or not new, but whatever. The president guy. <laughs> He wears a crown of golden bullets and shit. (laughs) And they're really big in, like, this small town in Pennsylvania. And one of the (laughs) – they were having, like, a good job Trump-type meeting or some shit. And um, one of the hosts, Jared, he went in there. He goes, oh, great. I guess I'm doing my – you mean my field reporting? (laughs) He went and did a field report, basically, from, like (laughs) – he went to like, they went at <clears throat> not some holiday inn, but some nice hotel and they were having some conference and I guess there was like 300 people and like there were politicians and he's met the governor, the guy with the, cr- he wears like a green camo suit and a crown of bullets and they're blessing guns. <laughs> and these dudes are bananas. and uh But I never would have heard shit about it. <clears throat> If I wasn't, uh, happened to listen to that show. And it's just a really great fucking show. The propane argument. Profane propane. Jesus, George. Um, what else is I going to talk about real quick besides my ass and the profane argument? Oh, well, it's the one year anniversary of the Switch. And this is the only day I ever bring my goddamn Switch out of the house is, uh, when I come down here because they got the Wi Fi. And, um, I like to update my stuff. And, uh, I was just reading on a Kutaku. They're uh, like one year with the Switch. How's our Switches holding up? And they all seem to be holding up really fucking cool. So that's cool. It's good to know. You know, I just got mine. Uh, oh, a little while ago, but whatever. <clears throat> I uh, I just beat fucking Dragon Quest Builders, which was sweet. Which there really is no beating that game because it's got the uh, uh like Terra Incognita, which is like build your own and. You know, you can get all the best shit because you've already worked through the game. So you get, like, when you go into that zone, the more you complete the regular story mode game, the more stuff you can obtain in the, um, like, extra game or whatever, the unlimited game. <clears throat> and it's super cool. So uh, that's what I've been fussing with. Fussing. Oh, I guess I should tell you. So, like. I can't get the other fucking computer to turn on and shit for some weird reason. So I was over there trying to get everything like right, and I I'm not seeing it. So I decided to quit fucking with it. I'm <laughs> like I'm not touch Like I I just followed chords, you know, like yes eh, So this okay. And then I kind of tried to match it with the one over here because we had, there's two computers in here. There's I to say there's one on the left and one on the right. The one on the left. I was trying to kind of mirror to the one on the right, sort of to see what was plugged in where. And like, for some reason, I always thought the bottom computer was plugged into shit, like on the uh, on the right, but it is not right now or ever. I don't know. That's why I was like, you know what? Done. Because I'm not going to fucking... <laughs> I will call you after my show because I'm not going to fucking deal with it during my show. Anyway. Ah... Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, let's see, because I was like, I had all kinds of different stuff I was going to do today, but since we're not, just going to check out Dr. Grimshaw's sanatorium. Sounds pretty fucking cool. Especially considering, like, you know, we could really use another...
3: Adventures in Time and Space... Told in future tense. Here Transcribed in the next half hour represents either a magnificent hoax or the true explanation of the famous Grimshaw sanatorium scandal, which made the headlines back in 1947. The manuscript upon which this account is based was removed by the New York State Police from a fountain pen cover found in the doorway to Dr. Grimshaw's study. We offer this manuscript as evidence only. Whether it is authentic or not, you must judge for yourself.
5: Thirty-four, member of Theta Alpha. I'm one of those fools who wanted some excitement in life. So instead of going into my father's shoe business, I became a private detective. These are facts. You can check them if you like. The rest of what I write here is so fantastic that I don't expect it to be believed. If anyone should find this manuscript and read it, All I ask is that you notify Miss Millicent Armbruster of 299 Wallace Avenue, Buffalo that Johnny Doherty is dead. On the evening of July 1st, Miss Armbruster and I were driving to a wedding. Not our own, though I wish it had been. It was Sunday, and in order to avoid traffic, I took the old mill road, a single-lane dirt affair that runs past the Gowanda Cemetery.
7: Johnny, aren't you going
5: too fast? Uh, Not for this road. There isn't a thing around except some tombstones. Johnny, the gate to the cemetery. What about? That
4: hearse. I don't see any. Johnny, look out! Look out!
5: It was a big black hearse with no lights on, pulling out of the cemetery. Lucky I had good brakes. We skidded for about 20 feet and slammed into the back of the hearse. Two rear doors buckled and snapped open. It was a freak. A huge oak coffin with brass handles tipped up and began slowly to slide back toward us. Oh,
8: Johnny, look. The the coffin is sliding
5: out. Holy mackerel.
8: Oh, how horrible.
5: You you stay right here, honey. I'll help the driver with that thing
3: hey you okay
5: in the speed limits do you jack now look let's not get hung up on who was right and who was wrong i was going too fast and you were traveling without lights after dark main thing is nobody's hurt and no damage done except for that coffin and i don't suppose the occupant minds too much let's see the driver's license and registration right here Hmm. john doherty oh a private eye huh you listen to the radio too much, Junior. Now, if you don't mind, who does this joy wagon belong to? The Funeral Service. It's being rented to Grimshaw. Who? Grimshaw from the private sanatorium. Do you mind if I ask what you were doing after dark coming out of a cemetery with a wooden kimono? We're moving one of Grimshaw's patients to a new grave. Uh-huh. Do they always travel like this? Now, look, Hawkshaw, how about skipping the third degree and giving me a hand getting the box back in the wagon, huh? Good pleasure. Better screw on the cover again. It's going to slide off. Well, let's get it in the hearse first. Okay, Junior. You get on that end. You ready? Live. Uh, just, just slide it. Brother, who's in there, King Kong? Look out for the cover. Hey. Oh, I, I told you that'd happen. Hey. Uh, uh. What's the guy's name, Junior? Why don't you ask him? Real wise guy, huh? I've got half a mind to report this accident. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. See what gets you. Grimshaw's got a lot of influence around here, mister. A lot of influence. Now, if you'll pardon me, I'll deliver the body. So long, Junior.
7: Johnny? Johnny?
5: I'm coming, honey.
7: Uh, Everything all right, Johnny?
5: I thought so until a few seconds ago. Uh, Listen, baby, can you sit here in the car for another five minutes?
7: Oh, we're due at the wedding in half an hour.
5: I won't be long. Where are you going? For a stroll through the cemetery.
4: Oh, hey, Johnny, stop making jokes.
5: Honey, when we lifted that coffin back on a meat wagon, I got a good look inside of it. Oh. Exactly how I felt. I figured we'd knock the stuffing out of the corpse. I well, I didn't expect the stuffing to be sand. What? Yes. It wasn't a body. It was a dummy stuffed with sand. A dummy with a wax face. Johnny. Which brings up an interesting question. Who's supposed to be in that box? And uh, just where is the dead man spending his time? <gasps> Sometimes in my business, when things drop off, you have to go out and uh, dig up new clients. Well, my next case was a gentleman named Harlan Ward, Sr., the wealthy automobile manufacturer. I had gotten his name off his son's tombstone. Are you trying to tell me, Dorothy, that my son Harlan was never buried at Kuanda Cemetery? Exactly, Mr. Ward. Why? Maybe if you'll tell me the circumstances surrounding your son's death, I can help answer that. My son was a rather impetuous young man, tall, good looking. After his graduation from Princeton, he began drinking quite heavily. After he got into a couple of scrapes, we sent him to Dr. Grimshaw's sanatorium in the hope that he could be cured. While my wife and I were in Europe, we received word that he had died. He was buried at Gowanda in our absence. Last week, my wife and I decided to have his body removed to the family vault here at Short Hills. How did your son die, Mr. Ward? Suicide. He slashed his wrists at the sanatorium. You never saw the body? No. We couldn't get back from Europe in time. I see. See here. How do I know this whole thing isn't a plan to fleece me? How do I know that you didn't remove the body yourself? You don't. But you're a rich man, Mr. Ward And you're perfectly willing to take a chance That I'm on the level And that your son may still be alive You sound very sure of yourself, Mr. Donaty My fee is $2,000 retainer plus expenses What sort of expenses? However much it costs to take the cure At Dr. Grimshaw's sanatorium What do you say, Mr. Ward? All right, Donaty My secretary will send you a check in the morning Good Oh, uh, one other thing What's that? I want a photograph of your son, a good one I think that can be arranged. Look here, Dorothy. If I cooperate, how do I know that you won't run off? I won't guarantee it. On the other hand, I might have to get myself killed on this job. We both take a risk, Mr. Ward. Grimshaw's sanatorium was just outside Gowanda, and it was strictly for the at sixty dollars a day. Most of the cases were nervous breakdowns and alcoholics. I committed myself as a dipso, and just to make it convincing, I stopped at five or six bars on the way over. I was interviewed by Grimshaw himself, a small man with a fringe of white hair. He seemed on the level. And yet... There was something just the slightest bit phony about the whole deal. You, uh, understand, Mr. Doherty. Uh, that's not my real name, of course. Uh, social reasons. Mm-hmm. We understand. Our paid clientele is very select. and Our rates are rather high. It'll be paid in cash and in advance, Dr. Grimshaw. You'll find us most sympathetic. Um, how long does a cure usually take, Doctor? Well, that, of course, depends on the degree of alcoholism. This is my assistant, Dr. Boyd, now. How do you do? How do you do? We are accepting Mr. Doherty's patient. Better place him in the ward with Mr. K and Mr. Crakey. Mr. K is a long-term patient, Mr. Doherty. Highly intelligent man, formerly a professor of plant pathology. Mr. Crakey suffers mild delusions. I think you'll find him rather amusing. (laughs) After about three days, my roommates, Arthur Kay and Craigie, got used to me, and we even began to play three-handed bridge. Kay was a chronic dope addict, an intelligent, sensitive man. Craigie was nothing but a clown. He kept a big black cat named the Professor, which he talked to as if it were human.
0: And so I said to her, my dear
5: Countess, if you don't like the company of my cat, then you don't like me. She looked at me as if I were insane, but of course the joke wasn't her because I was. <laughs> eh, hey, Professor? Meow.
9: You'll have to forgive Count Crakey, Mr. Doherty. When you've been here as long as I
5: have, you'll get used to him. Do you like cats, Mr. Doherty? I do hope you like cats since we are to have adjoining rooms. The Professor is very sociable and excellent company. Except when
9: he kills birds and deposits them in your bed, he's nothing but a feline murderer as
5: far as I'm concerned. <laughs> See, you have insulted him. <laughs> Come here, Professor. Let's make friends. Uh, how about giving me your paw? <coughs> hey, catch me, you black devil. You insulted him. You hurt his feelings. Well, keep him away from me. It will be a pleasure. I would advise you not to insult him again. Count Craky is not altogether without influence. here, has Mr. Cable informed you. Good afternoon
1: and Good evening. <laughs>
5: Is he always as nuts as that? Ever since I've been here. How did they let him keep that black Satan? I don't know. I suppose Grimshaw wants to pamper him.
9: He's been here since they opened the place, I understand. Spends about three hours a day getting therapy from Grimshaw. What's his problem? Manic depressive. A little paranoid, too. Mm. How long have you been here, Arthur? Grimshaw's two years. I left for a while, but I couldn't
5: stay away from the junk, so I committed myself again. Did you uh, happen to know a patient here named Harlan Ward? Why do you ask that? Did you know him? I met met him socially a few times. Uh, I understand he died here. So the newspapers said, I wouldn't know. Suicide, wasn't it? Was it? You're being pretty careful, aren't you?
9: Mr. Dordy... What would you say if I were to tell you that I don't believe Harlan Ward is dead? What makes you so certain? Harlan Ward used to share this room with us. He slept in the same bed you now use. I see. He was an alcoholic. Doing
5: quite well, too, from what I could observe. We all expected him to go home soon. Then, one evening, he had a violent fight with Craigie. Craigie accused him of snooping or something.
9: Later that night, Grimshaw and Boyner took him out. Where? They take all the special treatment cases to the charity clinic. It's that small building on the
5: other side of the stone wall. I think they do their surgery cases there. Why did they take him there? I don't know. Confinement, I guess. A few days later, we read about his death. Suicide, they said. Why do you think he's still alive, Arthur? This... About a month ago, I was in the garden next to the wall that separates us from the charity clinic.
9: Suddenly, I thought I heard a sound like a child whimpering. It stopped. A moment later, this
5: note came over the wall, wrapped around a stone. Then I'm certain I heard a blow and a scream again like a child. What does the note say? Help me, for God's sake, Harlan Ward. I haven't told anyone yet for fear Grimshaw and Boynton might find out. It might just be some insane prank by one of the charity cases. And yet, but why should Dr. Grimshaw want to pretend Harlan Ward is dead? I'm not an oracle, Mr. Doherty. What about this charity clinic? I've always been curious. Grimshaw and Voyner make sure that no patient goes there unsupervised. Many of those who've been taken across, like Harlan Ward, I've never seen again. Arthur, how'd you like to have some fun? Like what? Like sneaking out tonight and going over the wall. What do you say? It'd break the monotony a little. I don't know. If there's something fishy going on, it'd be better to find out now, wouldn't it? I suppose there's no real harm in it? Of course not. I'd go alone, but I'll need help scaling that wall. Will you do it? All right. I'll go with you. It was shortly after midnight when Kay and I slipped out of the room and made our way out to the garden. Mount Crakey was snoring soundly when we left. The wall was about eight feet high, but we made it without too much trouble.
0: Out! All
5: clear. Give me your hand and I'll lift you. <coughs> now, careful when you drop. Ready? Go ahead. There's a charity building over there. One of the lights in the basement window. Come on. We'll make a run across the driveway and hide in that clump of bushes alongside the building. Ready? All right. Okay, hold it. Drop that. What's the matter? Let's crawl over toward the window with the light. Maybe we can see something. I suppose you've got this. Listen. Take it easy. Sounds like Grimshaw. Not Let's get closer. i are take it. Come on, now. Can you make out what he's saying? No, good, that, good Lord, what was that? Probably some patient having a the DTS. Yes. they could it came from that basement window. Let's get oh. over there where I can have a look. Oh. Easy. That's right. Wouldn't what? do to get caught now? Just see anything? Easy. Relax. It's you some sort of relax. laboratory. That's right. Can see Grimshaw, yes. Boyne, and someone else with Come, its back toward no. me. If we're still, we may make out what they're saying. Take it quietly. It will be easier. No. I warn you. Please, please. It will all be over soon. No. You won't remember anything. No, I don't want to go. Boyner, give it to him. No, no, no. Shut him up, Boyne. No. Good Lord. What is it? Come on we've got to get out of here what did you see what did they do to that child Arthur that wasn't a child it was a midget the smallest midget I've ever seen what were they doing trying to give it some sort of injection when it resisted Boyd and knocked it out what do you suppose they were doing to it I don't know Arthur all I know is that when it fell it had the face of Harlan Ward back to our room, my brain was working like a pinball machine, only the score wouldn't add up. The the pieces were there all right. A crazy old doctor, a brutal assistant, a private sanatorium, and a a midget with a dead man's face. I couldn't figure it out. I thought that when I got back to our room, I'd have some time to think about it. But I'd forgotten about our friend, the happiness boy, Count Craigie. Ah, so I've caught you. Well. Fine. So, you've caught us. Now, how about crawling back into the woodwork like a good little count? Well, where are you? Mink hunting. Arthur and I like to go mink hunting at night. It's a funny thing, though, the mink weren't running very good. The grunion were running like crazy, though, weren't they, Arthur? Like crazy, Mr. Doherty. You make fun of Count Crakey. You're lying. I shall report you to Dr. Voyner. Better not, if you know what's good for you. So you threaten me. Me, Count Crakey. World champion gymnast and barbell balancer.
3: I shall scream for help. Help!
5: Help! You heard him? Just knocked him out. What do we do now? Put him to bed. Hope that when he wakes up in the morning, he's forgotten the whole thing. And if he hasn't, they won't take him seriously anyway. I don't think Grimshaw would believe him. Besides which, he doesn't know what we actually were doing. Come on, let's get him back into bed. <laughs> went to sleep in my own room. And the next thing I felt was the sharp jab of the hypodermic needle in my left arm. I started to struggle, but it was no use. Take it, Boyner and another assistant were holding me down. Grimshaw stood enough. over me, the empty needle still in his hand. That's <coughs> it. <laughs> be useless to struggle, Mr. Daugherty. In a moment, your motor nerves will be completely paralyzed. What's this about, Grimshaw? I might ask the same of you. My good friend, Count Cranky, informs me you and Mr. K decided to do some snooping earlier tonight. He followed you and saw you climb the wall. Crakey's insane. That is a matter of opinion, Mr. Doherty. Crakey? What is this? Perhaps my assistant, Dr. Grimshaw, would be good enough to explain. Assistant? Yes. You see, I am the actual head of the Grimshaw Sanatorium. Grimshaw? Count Crakey feigns many delusions, Mr. Doherty, but in this case, he's telling the truth. Count Crakey is actually. Professor Ernst Hassler. Professor Hassler and I worked together in the Berlin Neurological Institute before the last war. Unfortunately, my political affiliations with the Third Reich were under investigation after the war by the War Crimes Commission. However, Dr. Grimshaw managed to smuggle me into this country where I masquerade as a mental patient. Thus, we are able to continue certain experiments which were interrupted by the American Army. I can imagine the sort of experiments you've conducted. You and your friend, Mr. K, will discover their exact nature very shortly, Mr. Doherty. It's a magnificent opportunity to serve science. Then I passed out. And the next thing I knew, I was coming to in a different room. I guessed it was somewhere in the charity building because of the angle of the sun through the windows. They had me in a straitjacket and kept doping me until I lost count of time. I, I don't know how long it kept up. I remember one day being wheeled along a corridor into an operating room and hearing the voices of Boyner, Grimshaw, and Crakey as if from a great distance. Pituitrin. Pituitrin. Four cc's. Four cc's. How are the measurements? Reducing rapidly. We'll operate at once if I start the anesthesia. All right, doctor. Commence. <laughs> came to again I had a blinding headache after that wore off a horrible sensation of weakness I began to wonder if Craigie and Grimshaw weren't doing something to drive me insane because I lost all sense of perspective the room seemed to grow in size I don't know how much time passed but one day Grimshaw came into the room with a bundle in his arms about the size of a newborn baby the bundle was my friend Arthur Kay. good morning mr. Doherty I brought you a companion I'm sure you two gentlemen will enjoy each other's company.
0: Get me out of here. me out.
5: I couldn't believe my eyes until Grimshaw set Arthur down on the bed beside me. It was then that I got the real shock, for I realized that what had looked like a tiny bundle in Grimshaw's arms was actually the same size that I was. Then, for the first time, I began to understand what was happening to us. Arthur Kay and I were being made into midgets. We got the full explanation next morning when the eminent Professor Hassler, alias Count Craigie, came in to gloat over us. Uh,
9: allow me to congratulate you, gentlemen. How are you feeling? You stinking monster. Oh, I'm disappointed, gentlemen. Do you not feel privileged to be a part of an experiment that will place me at the very top rank of the world's endocrinologists? What are you doing to
5: us? It has been long established, gentlemen, that dwarfism and giantism result from injury to or malfunction of the pituitary and thyroid glands. The interlock between these glands was thought to be a hormone. I have discovered that this was incorrect. It is an enzyme, an enzyme I isolated some years ago. I was well on the way to synthesis in Germany when the surrender interrupted me. The interruption also limited the number and type of subjects on whom I could experiment. I was forced to find others. Such as Harlan Ward? Mr. Ward was only a control experiment. And now you've done the same to us? No, gentlemen. For you, I have reserved a special privilege. You, gentlemen, will be the first to test the full effects of the enzyme. In short, I intend that you, Mr. K, and you, Mr. Doherty, when the experiment is completed, will emerge as perfectly healthy, normal individuals. Except, of course, that you will be only five inches tall. The days and nights that followed were a living nightmare. A nightmare from which Arthur and I awoke for brief periods to find ourselves in a strange new world. A huge, frightening world where everything was enlarged a hundred times. When we finally emerged, we found ourselves imprisoned in a tiny mouse cage. Judging by the relative size of things, we could not have been more than five inches tall. Now that our senses cleared, we realized that the experiment was at an end. That from now on, it was either escape or be destroyed.
0: Someone may find it and read it. Nobody will believe it. Why'd you
5: bother to write it? I don't know. I, I suppose I want the world to know what happened to me. That does it. Help me push the door open. Now what? First chance, is getting down to the floor. I think we can make it by sliding down the telephone cord. Are you game? Go ahead. I'm right behind you. Easy now. Look out. That does it. Now if we can figure out a way to get out of the room. That should be... Somebody's coming. It must be Craigie. I've got to hide. they yeah, in the grate in the fireplace. They'll kill us if they find us. stay quiet. Well, my friends, I'm for feeding. I trust that you... So, you've managed to break out. It won't do, you know. There is no way you could have gotten out of the... soon. Sure. If you prefer to play the game of cat and mouse, then I shall be happy to turn into the cat. How long do you figure it'll take him to get downstairs and let the cat into the building? Three minutes at most, and we've got three minutes to get out. How? All the doors in the mental institution lock from the outside. We need a special key to get out, and then we couldn't reach the lock. I don't know, there must be... Wait a minute, what is it? John? what... You see that thin strand of wire running along the molding? What about it? Do you know what it is? No. It's the automatic fire alarm. What about it? When the alarm is tripped by a fire, all the locks are sprung so the patients can escape in their rooms. Are you certain? Positive. This door is part of the system. If I can work the insulation off that wire and short it before Craigie lifts the can of the building, let's go. Here's a tiny sliver of steel from the cage on the floor. I'll work with that. You keep an ear to the door. Go ahead. (laughs) The resolution is as tough as rawhide. Top as time is it? Not much. The plastic is here. Let me help. What was that? What? I, I thought I heard a door slam. Maggie couldn't be back so soon. Hurry up, Arthur. Or- He may have actually started the fire. Come on! Oh, wait a minute. What's up? I have to go back. This is the man is stopping me.
3: record found in a fountain pen cover in the burned-out hallway of Grimshaw Sanatorium. There is nothing to add except that the fire which destroyed the sanatorium and killed so many of its occupants, including Dr. Grimshaw and Dr. Voyna, was definitely of incendiary origin. It is believed by the fire chief that some small creature, either a mouse or possibly a cat, chewed the insulation off the wire and short-circuited the system. Two patients, John Doherty and Arthur Kay, vanished completely after the fire, and their remains were never found. Whether the manuscript which you have just heard is authentic, or whether it was the work of one of the more demented inmates of the sanatorium, we leave to your judgment.
5: i have just heard another adventure into the unknown world of the future.
0: The world of... Dimension
3: X. Next week on Dimension X, And the Moon Be Still as Bright. The story of the first despoilers of the planet Mars the men from Earth.
5: Tonight, Dimension X has transcribed Dr. Grimshaw's Sanatorium, adapted for radio by George Lefferts from an original short story by Fletcher Pratt. Featured in the cast were Carl Weber as John Doherty and Roger DeCoven as Arthur Kaye. Your narrator was Norman Rose. Music by Albert Berman. Engineer Bill Chambers. Dimension X is directed by Edward King.
1: Ooh. All right. Let's do one more and then we're going to get out of this place. If it's the last thing I ever do...
9: We delay the start of this program to bring you a special bulletin. From the NBC Newsroom in New York, truckloads of U.S. fighting men are rolling north from Tajan, Korea to reinforce South Korea's battered army, which still holds Suwon and its vital airstrip. The first American ground troops flown in from Japan. They're now approaching the combat zone. Meanwhile, the North Korean communists report that American planes have bombed their capital of Pyongyang three times today. Keep tuned to your NBC station for the later news.
3: Adventures in Time and Space, told in future tense. Dimension X. X, 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 X. To all our listeners, a brief forward before tonight's adventure in the world of the future. Beginning next week, Dimension X moves to a new time on Friday evenings instead of Saturdays. In the Eastern Time Zone, it will be heard at 9 o'clock Friday's Eastern Daylight Saving Time. In other zones, please consult your local newspapers to learn the new time of the program. Now, tonight's venture into the world of tomorrow... A most unusual story about a logic named Joe and a man named Frank and of how he saved civilization.
5: It was on the third day of August that Joe came off the assembly line. On the fourth, Lorene came into town. And that afternoon, I saved civilization. Lorene's a blonde I was crazy about once. And Joe is a new 1940 74 model logic that I got stored away down in a cellar. And how do I save civilization? I save it by keeping Joe down in a cellar. Sometimes you I are, are listening now Joe to a voice from the
3: future a the voice of Frank Caldwell, head serviceman for the Logics Corporation, the makers of. The machine that does everything for you. (laughs) Well, nearly everything, anyway. In the year we speak of, 1974, the electronic logic sets were working so well that life was soft indeed for repairman Frank Caldwell. That is, until that fatal day of August the 3rd, when suddenly the logics began doing everything for their users and doing it too well.
5: Hi, boss. What's the matter? Somebody put you through a ringer? Uh, Frank, you busy right now? No, there haven't been any service calls all day. Fine. There's a customer outside. Go take care of him, will you? Me? I'm a maintenance man. I know, but there are no salesmen around this minute. This guy wants to have our machines explained to him. Explained? Yeah. Everybody in the world knows about Logics. Where's he been? On Mars? Just moved up from the backwoods someplace. Why don't you explain him? I I don't feel too well. Yeah. You are okay about a half an hour ago. Look, you the boss here or am I? Go on out there, will you? Okay, okay. Good morning. My name's Caldwell. Can I help you? Oh, uh, thank you, Mr. Caldwell. My name's Kolanovich. This is my little boy, Freddy. Hiya, Freddy.
6: Hiya, jerk! Ow, Freddy! I got you, you didn't I?
5: (laughs) Fine kid you got there. Freddy, how many times I gotta tell you not to kick people in the shins? Excuse it, please, Mr. Caldwell. Sure, yes? sure, just a kid. I got a
6: knife home. Can cut you in little pieces. Freddy, we, we'd we like to buy a logic, Mr. Caldwell.
5: The gentleman we spoke to first said he had to leave in a hurry. Oh, he did, huh? Well, I understand you're not acquainted with logics, Mr. Kralanovich. Yeah, that's right. We just moved to the city. My wife, she saw that everybody else had a logic, and <laughs> you know how women are. You bet, you bet. Well, you can't get along without a logic in this day and age, Mr. Kerlanovich. Look at I got a snake, want to see Will it? shut up that... Uh, yeah, now, about the logic. Yeah. Here, I'll plug one in here. There, now. You see, the logic looks kind of like an old-fashioned television set, only it's got keys instead of dials. Hmm. Now, if you want to talk to a friend, yeah. you just punch the number of his logic. Huh. Like making an old-fashioned phone call. Except you not only hear him, but you see him, too, on this viewing screen here. Now, of course, that's not the important feature of these things. Oh? Now, uh, suppose you want to ask a question. A uh, question? Like, uh, what to take for a sore throat? Or who won the American League pennant in 1911? Just turn on the logic. Then you punch the question key, and you ask, like this. Who was the first president of the United States? George Washington. You see? I already knew that. Well, that was just a sample. Oh. Well, I got a little store. Will it keep books for me? It'll keep your books, record your contracts, serve as a filing system, and check up on what happened to your lawyer's last client. Anything. Say, they're really something, these things. Ten thousand services and information sources in one. Read our advertising. Well, what I want to know, Mr. Caldwell, how do these logics work? You saw that big building across the street? Sure. Well, that's one of the relay tanks. Now, there are a dozen of them around the country, all hooked up together. And there's a data plate in one of those tanks for every fact in creation. You mean those relays know everything? If there's something they don't know, the technicians are busy making a relay plate for it right now. The logic integrates the facts in the tank and gives you the answers.
6: Hey, you, can I ask this thing how to make dart poison? How to make what? Poison like in Africa. I could shoot the darts from my pea shooter. Oh, well, maybe I think maybe we better not get one of these things. Well, that's
5: okay, Mr. Kalanovich. The logic won't tell you about no dart poison, see? I
6: bet it will. I'm gonna try it. Hey, how do you make dart poison?
9: Public policy forbids this service.
6: Ah, uh, what'd it do that for?
5: On account of some little brat, on account of some. Children might ask things that ain't good for them.
6: Listen, I don't like this here one. I want that one over there.
5: They're all alike, kid.
6: I want that one. If I can't have that one, I'm going to hold my breath till I'm dead.
5: Well, I got lots of time. It's no use, Mr. Caldwell. You might as well give him the one he wants. But, kid, they're so much alike. Even I can't tell them apart.
6: I can't, and I want Joe.
5: Joe? Who's
6: Joe? Oh, I guess he means the logic, Mr. Caldwell. He has to think up a name to call everything. You should hear the names. He calls me. Not till I'm 21. I promise mother.
5: Okay, so we call him Joe. But what makes you think Joe's any different from the rest?
6: He looks different somehow.
5: Don't be silly. Them things are all alike. The one ten thousandth of an inch.
6: Just the same. I'll bet he'll teach me how to make dart poison.
5: Okay, then. Come on, Joe. Joe. <laughs> And I want that one I want that one I'm gonna call him Joe Mike, I could have wrung his neck I could have taken that How many cards, Charlie? I pass. I'll draw two What a holy terror He had his father scared to death Too bad that kid ain't mine I'd show him quick enough For his boss in the family (laughs) Holy smoke What's the matter? matter? Sorry, fellas Gotta hold up the hand a minute I just remembered Gotta call my wife Oh, let her wait a minute Yeah, sure You ever met my wife? Yeah, I bet don't let her see the card game or she'll be down here with a hatchet. You tell her me. <laughs> hey, what's the matter with this thing? It ain't getting my house.
9: Announcing new and improved logic service. Your logic is now equipped to give not only consultive, but directive advice. If you want to do something and don't know how to do it, ask your logic. Well, what do you
2: know what about I said? that? Oh, it's just yeah. somebody trying to pull a gag. Yeah, it didn't
5: sound like a gag to me. Maybe the boss decided to add a new logic service. No, boss knows better than to start anything like that. Why, right, look, the minute the system starts giving advice, some joker like you is gonna be asking questions like, how can I get rid of my wife? Yeah, but you heard what the logic just nah, said. Nah, the sensor circuits will block the question. You don't believe me? Go on, try it. <laughs> okay, anything for a laugh. Oh, yeah, try it,
2: try it. Okay, logic, I got a question for you. How do I get rid of my wife?
9: Service question. Is your wife blonde or brunette?
5: (laughs) You guys hear that? She's a blonde.
9: Hexychrylaminitine is a constituent of green shoe polish. Take home a frozen meal containing pea soup. Color the soup with green shoe polish. This poison is fatal to blonde females only. This fact has not been brought out by human experiment, but is a product of logic's service. You cannot be convicted of murder. Oh, what what do It is improbable that you will be suspected.
2: The saints preserve us. And it's bound
5: to be right. These things can't make a mistake. Well, Mike, don't stand there. Turn that thing off and check the sensor circuits. We, quick. we, we can't
2: get to them. They're all sealed up. It's supposed to be
5: impossible for them to go out of order. Well, they're out of order now. And I got a feeling some awful things are going to happen. <laughs> We gotta do something. The logics have gone nuts. Relax. The thing gave a goofy answer once. Maybe it was a joke. Who ever heard of a logic making a joke? Well, it was an accident. Forget it. It won't happen again. What makes you so sure people are gonna be trying it? Now, look. Supposing I wanted to get rid of you, for instance. You don't? How would you collect your pay? Yeah, but supposing. I'm gonna try it and see what the logic says.
9: If you want to do something and don't know how... Ask your logic.
5: How do I bump off my boss? Huh? A male bald-headed 45.
9: Service question. Is he fat or thin?
5: Holy Mac, fat.
9: Make some chocolate ice cream containing powdered charcoal in place of half the chocolate. Use hotso brand charcoal. Hotso contains an ingredient fatal only to fat, bald-headed males. This fact is a product of logic's service
5: you hear what it said? If this keeps up, we'll have to shut down the company. You kidding? We can't shut down the company, and you know it. Logics do all the computing, bookkeeping, filing, and recording of contracts for every business in the country. They handle all television programs, personal calls, weather forecasts, employment notices. I know that, Wake the... up. If we shut down the Logics, we go back to a civilization, we've forgotten how to run. Yeah, but the point is, boss, they're now giving out information on Murder. And no telling what else. Well, we'll just have to find out why and fix it. Meantime, there's nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about? Of course not. You've asked these questions for a gag. Nobody's going to ask them seriously. What you need is a little faith in human nature. Oh, excuse me, it's probably the wife.
9: Person to person video
5: call. Go ahead.
7: Cyrus, dear?
5: Why, just fine, sweetheart. I
8: just called to tell you, Cyrus, I want you to be sure and get home on time for dinner. Yeah, why? Because I've got a surprise for you, dear, your favorite dessert.
2: Dessert? What
8: kind? Homemade chocolate ice cream. The flavor is heavenly, Cyrus. When you taste it, you'll just die.
5: Cyrus,
0: what's
8: wrong? Why don't you answer me?
6: Cyrus!
5: Chocolate ice cream, huh? This. This can't be happening. Agnes wouldn't. this is dangerous. Have a little faith in human nature, huh? Well, well, you're the head of the maintenance crew. I'll give you 24 hours to fix these logics, or you're fired. Now, look, boss, Get me the police. Get me an extra maintenance crew. Get me a doctor. You. Me? Get moving. Where? Anywhere. Find out what the logics are up to. And see that you find out before the logics do. (music) Bartender Hey, bartender Give me a double Coming up What's the matter, pal? You had a bad day? Go away, will you? Oh, listen, pal You gotta listen I got troubles hey, bartender Will you get this bar fly off me? For Pete's sake, I'm tired On your way, you No, don't say that I got troubles How am I gonna keep my wife From finding out I had a couple little drinks How am I gonna do that, huh? Look, mister It's a hot day I've been driving a car around and see. Yeah I've been trying to keep a bank president from having apoplexy on account of his logic. Told him how to rob his own bank. I've been tripping over a dead bodies so artistically croaked that nobody's ever going to find out who done it. And all you got on your mind
6: is how am I going to keep my wife from finding out
5: I had a couple of little drinks? Uh, how? Go ask a logic. A logic, my pal. That's a wonderful idea. Where's the logic? Right uh, behind logic? you. What? Here's, Here's a, a nickel. Oh, give me a nickel. Give me a nickel. <laughs> this I got it here. This yeah, is going to be I've good. Been. Uh, now, come on, logical pal, 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 be nice.
2: How does a guy keep his
5: wife from finding out he's had a couple of little
9: drinks? Answer me that, how, huh? Buy a bottle of Phryne hair shampoo. It is harmless, but contains an ingredient which instantly neutralizes alcohol. One teaspoonful for each jigger you've consumed.
2: Oh, boy, I gotta buy a bottle of Phryne... Fren- I gotta buy a bottle of Fren- Oh, is that again?
5: Supposing it's right, she'll never remember it as far as the drugstore. I think there's a bottle in the back room. Somebody left it. Oh, my pal, there's no more troubles. Show
3: me
5: the way to go. <laughs> I got a picture of him back there drinking that shampoo. Give me another devil. I don't know what's worse, to be as low as you or as high as him.
7: All right. Is he? I know he's here Where
2: is that mom? Uh, who you want, lady? My
7: husband I know he's here Now, where is he? Show me the way to is that go. that no go good life? love? I'll show him Thinks he can come staggering home again Does he? Well, I'll teach him
0: Poor guy
5: Oh, my dear What a surprise to see you here Archibald Yes, my love You're not... Sober? Well, of course, my love. I'm sober as a judge.
9: Then what are you doing in this saloon?
5: Well, merely conducting a little research, my dear. Research?
2: Your suspicion wounds me deeply, my love. Let me tell you, my dear, that I've been conducting a research project that is going to make us a fortune. I'm about to patent Sober,
9: the drink that makes happy homes. (laughs)
5: Caldwell from the Logics Company, Sergeant. I just stopped... Logics Company.
2: Listen, Caldwell, you people get those blasted machines under control or we'll have you all behind bars. Now look, Sergeant... No, you look at this blotter. Blank. The greatest crime wave in history and we can't even make an arrest. They're all perfect crimes. Well, we're doing our best to find out... It's not good enough. If you can't find out anything, shut down the company. Or the police department will. We know there's some big gang back of this. Hey... Maybe you know something about it, Caldwell.
5: Now, look, nobody's back of it. The logics run themselves. They pick their own circuits automatically.
2: You mean that they're doing this all by themselves? Sure.
5: We always thought they could do more things than we knew about. I think they're just trying to be helpful,
2: that's all. Oh, that's all, is it? Well, you'd, you'd better make them cut out the tricks, including this new one, this new business they're up to now. What no business? It just started an hour ago. Every time you turn on a logic, it asks you your name and then spills out the whole history of your life. Huh? I haven't heard about that. What's it do that for? You tell me. Go on, try it. Okay.
9: What is your name?
2: Huh? How do you like
5: that? I'm Frank Caldwell.
9: Frank Caldwell? Were you ever called Ducky? Oh,
5: Ducky. you right off, will you? Uh, what if I was? It's been years.
9: Ducky, there is a video call for you.
7: Hiya,
5: Ducky. Oh, what's that? Lorraine.
7: Ducky, darling, how marvelous.
5: Look at that blonde. It's Lorraine, where are
7: you? Oh, silly, I'm in my hotel room. Say, how do you like my, uh, play suit? Hmm? Well, uh... I just got into town. Oh, Ducky, wasn't it smart of the logic to find you? Uh,
5: logic find me?
7: I asked it how to find you, Ducky. You must have an unlisted number, darling. You're not in the directory. Uh,
5: yeah. Well, how have you been, Lorene, uh, since I saw you last? I, uh, heard you got married.
7: That's right. Ducky, you won't believe me, I know, but I've had four husbands, but I've never loved anybody as much as I love you.
5: You've divorced four husbands? Uh,
7: Three. The last one died unexpectedly.
5: Who unexpected it?
7: He did. But the jury acquitted me, Ducky. They knew it was just a little old accident. So now I'm free again, and we've just got lots of things to talk over. But, Lorraine... You come right over here, Ducky, instantly. Well, I, I,
5: I'm working. Uh, uh, I'll call you back.
7: Oh, I'm so lonesome. Please make it quick, Ducky. Have you ever thought of me?
5: Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Plenty.
7: are you, Sweet, here's a kiss. Mm. That will just have to last till you get here, but hurry, please.
2: Oh, my back. What am I going to do? Do like you were telling me a, a while ago. Huh? Calm yourself, ducky.
5: i a logic for you, Frank, you wife. Oh, thanks, Mike. Hi, Gert.
8: Frank, I've been trying to get you for an hour. Where have you been?
5: Well, I've been out making calls, honey, trying to find out what ails these logics. Well,
8: you better find out in a hurry or there's going to be trouble. That, 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 that thing told me my address, how much I owe every store and how much you make a week. And all about the time we had that fight and I went home to Mother. Well,
5: Gert, I don't think they're doing that anymore. I think that was just temporary. Well, in
8: the meantime, it's told everybody in the neighborhood all about me. Hm. I punched Mrs. Hudson's name. She's been married three times, and she's had Mr. Hudson arrested twice for non support and once for beating her up. It'll tell anybody anything. Yeah, but I tell you, she Gert. Frank, you stop these things, or I'm going to leave you.
5: Gert, you don't mean that. I do.
8: If you can't figure out how to keep our private lives out of every logic in town, then I'm through. And that's it. A- hey,
5: boss. You got to put more men on the job or something. We got to lick these logics. My wife's going to leave me if we don't. You're also going to be looking for a job if we don't. I don't care about the job, but listen. You listen. The logics are giving out information on high explosives, the fine points of murder, and legal loopholes that'll beat any charge from hijacking to high treason. Yeah, but my wife... And about six guys have thought of asking how to switch bank credits so they can corner all the cash in the country. Now, quit bothering me. Get over at the tank and help Mike try to block off some of those circuits. (laughs) even budge any of these relay plates uh, me needed. isn't there any way we can disconnect them there is not they weren't built to be disconnected Mike what are we going to do I'm thinking of slitting my throat when they were giving out all the information on everybody my wife got the lowdown on a certain plan I got nothing left to live for Come On, why did you have to remind me you got one my only hope is I ain't got her. Uh, see who that's for? Hi,
7: Ducky, darling.
5: Oh, Lorene, not again. Ducky,
7: darling, I'm lonesome. Why haven't you come over?
5: Well, uh, I, I've been busy. Oh, cool.
7: Ducky, do you remember how much in love we used to be? Yeah.
5: Uh,
7: I, I was so mean to you. <laughs> Ducky, let's get married tonight.
5: Oh, gosh, Lorreen, I, I, I...
7: Right away, Ducky.
5: Look, I got married.
7: Oh, you... Darling, you poor darling. just have to get you out of there. No,
5: no. Now, look, Lorraine.
7: Darling, I'll just call up your wife and have a little talk with her.
5: Look, please, now. It's, it's nice of you to think of me and all that. You just give I... me
7: your address and your logic number, darling.
5: Yeah, I uh, ain't got one. Oh, you just don't want to
7: tell me. <laughs> You're biasful Never mind, darling. The logic
5: will tell me. Lorraine. Lorraine. Oh, I got to call Gertens. Frank, will you get away from that thing and give me a hand? Yeah, Mike, in a minute. I, I got to call my wife. I We got to get out of town. Ah,
0: what's the wrong key.
5: Frank, yeah. I told you to help Mike. Yeah, boss, I am, I am, but I just got to make this call. Call? What do I care about your call? The president's getting ready to close down the company and declare martial law. Now, for the love of heaven, do something. Yeah, boss, I will, I will. I just got to make this call.
9: Attention. To assist in solving a special problem of logic service, kindly give the following information if possible. Where does Frank Caldwell live?
5: Oh, she got me. I'm through. Look, Gert, there is no blonde. Frank Caldwell, I told you I was leaving you. Leave me later. Will you right now pack yourself up and the kids? we got to get out of here. What is all this? Are the cops after you or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, the cops. Come on, get moving, will you? Hey, get away from that lodge. Yeah, but don't you think we ought to hear the police calls?
9: 27 and car 31 detailed to round up all employees of the Logix company. Use caution. They are suspected of sedition. Holy
5: smoke, the
2: cops are after me. you just said they were.
9: 17, proceed to vicinity of 119 East 7th Street. Child terrorizing neighborhood. Use extreme caution. Child is armed with pea shooter using poison darts. That is all. Freddy.
5: Who's Freddy? Oh, he's a mean little kid. He wanted a logic that would tell him how to make dart poison They're all alike, I kept telling him They're all alike What are you talking oh, about? I don't know All I know is it was a nice world up till yesterday Now it's like a guy named Joe come along And squashed all our mud pies for us
8: <laughs> Looks to me more like it was a logic named Joe
5: A logic named... They're all alike They... Kurt! Kurt, baby! go me Don't be so silly Okay, honey, hold a <laughs> foot Maybe they aren't all alike where are you going? Frank, you're gonna make a getaway? Baby, if you got the right inspiration, I'm going straight to the middle of this whole jamboree. Yes? Oh, I was hoping it was a police... You remember me, Mr. Kralanovich? Caldwell of the Logics Company? I wish the Logics Company was at the bottom of the ocean. I don't blame you. Now, where's your logic? in here. I'd smash it into a million pieces if I wasn't afraid of what Freddie would do to me. Just get out of the way, will you? I got business with Joe.
9: If you want to do something and don't know how, ask your logic.
5: Oh, we're back to that routine, huh? Well, I want to do something, all right. Tell me, Joe, can a logic be modified... To achieve correlations for which human brains are too limited? Yes. How great will the modifications be?
9: Microscopically slight. Changes in dimension, not detectable even by precision gauges. They can come about only through an extremely improbable accident.
5: And what would this super logic then be able to do?
9: Well, um...
5: Come on, you spell it.
9: It could set up entire new combinations of electronic relays which would bypass the normal sensor blocks, thereby enabling it to perform valuable new services, including the giving of helpful advice on any human problem.
5: Uh Has this accident ever happened, Joe? Come on, come on!
9: It has happened only once. In the case of the logic now owned by the Kolanovich family, of 119 East Seventh Street, a logic named Joe.
5: Thanks, Joe. That's all I wanted to know. Hey, what's all this about? I'm taking this logic away, Mr. Kralanovich. I'll bring you a new one. Our troubles are all over.
6: Hey, you get away from Joe. Correction, oh.
5: our troubles are just beginning. Now,
6: Freddie, put down that blowgun. Hey, shut up. Hey, you! I said, get away from that logic.
5: Now look, Freddie, I'm going to bring you a nice new one. See?
6: I want that one. What oh. I got? Mr. the police, they're outside. Yeah,
5: for me and Freddy.
6: Nuts, what they want you for? You ain't smart enough to do
5: nothing. Oh, no, say, there's plenty I can tell you. There's the cops, kid. It's you and me against them.
6: So what you gonna do about it if he's so smart? Well, look, we may have
5: to fight our way out, see?
6: Now let me see that blowgun.
5: I know a way to hop it up so the cops won't have a chance.
6: Come on, come on, give it to me. Okay, let's see what you can do. Here.
0: Thanks. Here.
6: Mr. Caldwell, you're a great man Uh, All I gotta do is to pull
2: this plug Out of the wall Ah, Come right in, Sergeant Careful, men, careful, careful That must be the kid But he don't look so tough to me Well, he uh, got a little soft. Oh, there'll be no more complaints, officer I guess I can go on where Mr. Caldwell left off Caldwell, you're wanted This time you either answer some questions Or we'll keep you in the cooler till you do What, in jail? Oh, okay, let's go Hey, wait a minute You act like you wanted to go to jail. Yeah, I do. I got a feeling it'll be safer there.
5: What do you mean? Just put me away till a certain party leaves town. I'll confess to anything.
2: Okay, then, Caldwin. Into the paddy wagon you go. Thanks, officer. You may be saving my life. Now, if you just help me carry this logic out... Wait a minute. You can't take that in the wagon? I can't. Why not? No room. We've already got a dame in there who's raising the roof. A dame? Yeah, a blonde. She was trying to buy a gun without a permit. She keeps screaming she's going to miss her date with Ducky. You have just heard another adventure into
9: the unknown world of the future, the world of
2: Dimension X.
3: Next week, Dimension X joins the big parade of exciting half-hour presentations at a brand new time, on Friday evenings at a different hour. In the Eastern Time Zone, you'll hear it at 9 o'clock Friday's Daylight Saving Time. In other zones, please consult your local newspaper listings to learn the new time. For that's when Dimension X will bring you one of the strangest stories ever told. Ray Bradbury's Mars is Heaven.
9: Tonight's story on Dimension X was titled A Logic Named Joe, written by Murray Leinster and adapted for radio by Clarice A. Ross.
5: Featured in the cast were Joseph Julian as Frank
9: and Roger DeCoven as The Logic. Your narrator was Norman Rose. Music by Albert Berman. Engineer, Don Albert. Dimension X is produced by Van Woodward and directed by Edward King. Robert Warren speaking. Tomorrow, hear a thrilling story on High Adventure. It's on NBC.
1: We're going to shove it now. Wheatley presents... I'm going to explode
0: Like atomic bombs